Welcome to Today, Maybe Forever. I'm Floyd Hall, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with movement artist extraordinaire T-Lane. Hey. Hey, How you Floyd. doing? Thank I'm, you so much for having me. Thank you for spending some time with me. I'm catching you on spring break, so I feel like I'm lucky. <laughs> um, you know, for those who don't know, as, as outside of being an amazing choreographer and, and leader of your own dance company, um, you're also an academic. Yes. You know, you are you're an, an esteemed professor at Spelman College, um, one of my right. favorite places in Atlanta. And so... This week is spring break. So, right. you know, God. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all my students being safe out in Miami. Ooh, yeah. Thank God there's no freaking anymore. <laughs> they would be safe too. Could not happen on social media. It would just, it would be too much. No. Oh it would be gosh. too much. It'd be too much. Um, but glad to have some time with you just to just talk about life and dance and whatever else kind of comes up. Um, what, what, now that you you know you've had a moment to breathe from school, um, what do you occupy your time with? Like what what inspires you creatively, just as 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 an artist? Like like right now, like what is what is giving you like well, I got to get back to this. I got to go back to this. Like what what is what is giving you that that energy right now? Ooh, so 2018 is like this is my year to do my mentor tour. Okay. So I've been going around the country and like making meetings with my mentors who I um, just respect and honor their flow and what they continuously um, generate. And um, just asking some really annoying questions on like next level um, um, entities and and then shutting up and listening. Um, it's been extremely inspiring um, just hearing how open and vulnerable um, and giving and generous um, my mentors have been um, knowing that um, my questions to them have shifted and um, that they are not annoying, that they are um, pretty validating with um, with where I'm trying to go next and um, and again how generous they are with um, giving me this knowledge where I don't have to go get a PhD to figure out these next steps um, that has been extremely inspiring also um, seeing my peers um, outside of Atlanta um, and seeing what works that they are creating and producing and um, and having conversations with them about um, their ideas and their challenges and what um, is sparking for them next and um, to know that we are on the same frequency and being inspired um, by that, that revelation. Yeah, that's been giving me a lot of, lot of joy. And then, of course... My students at Spelman, and um, uh, seeing them really eat up um, the new curriculum that we developed in the, the dance performance and choreography department, and seeing them take it and run with it and um, produce new shows, new 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 ways and perspectives to see and view dance and art, that's been inspiring. 
Yeah. So we're here having this conversation at Atlanta Contemporary. And first of all, I want to thank them for providing the space and the moment to have these conversations. (laughs) Um, They've been really awesome about just kind of giving space for these types of of uh, moments, but considering the words Atlanta and contemporary, what, what are some of the the of the moment conversations that you're having around dance? Like, how, like how 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 are you talking about either dance or choreography, like with your peers or with your mentors? Like, what is, like what those conversations consist of? <laughs> I think of um, <laughs> I think of Cardi B. Okay. <laughs> Really quickly about you know not dancing now making money moves and um, in in a way for for me and some of my peers that I've been talking about um, well specifically I'll, I'll just reference myself like I'm on a slight break of generating evening length works right. Um, these big productions I'm in the midst of re-strategizing um, what Teeling Dance provides um, and offers and um, and how I can see um, another return of investment of what Teeling Dance is and it's it's echoing what my peers um, and I are talking about with um, positioning ourselves in a in a space where it can have um, um, a deeper impact, a more fulfilling legacy um, in our cities, in our nation, yeah. as well as um, a global um, impact. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You so you're wearing a sweatshirt that says Atlanta influences everything. Yeah, Bame Bame Joiner um, just gave this to me. Yeah. Shout out to Atlanta. You know, I need everything. to get one. I don't have one. I need, need to get one, one of those. Floyd. I need I need, need to have one, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, whether using yourself as an example or other creative folks in in Atlanta, how would you like to see? Atlanta creative folks compensated for that influence. Ooh. Oh, yes, that, that's a hot topic Speak because on it. Um, um, I'm finding I'm finding now at this um, place that I'm at that I'm making more money and getting um, my value respected and um, and provided for outside of the state of. Georgia, outside of Atlanta, your hometown, where you put in 10 years, or uh, I'm a transplant, but um, where I'm finding um, where some of my mentors told me that you're going to have to leave Atlanta to get Atlanta to even um, respect you, um, respect your value um, in, in, a, in, a fin- in a fiscal way. Um, you know, <laughs> I've also... Um, have prided myself by um, attracting dance artists to come to Atlanta to um, to to rethink going to New York or LA or Chicago um, these cities that have um, staples on of, of the arts being um, 
a hub, but also recognizing and seeing what Atlanta has to offer by the caliber of works that um, 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 dance companies here have um, produced. And with with me being on faculty at an American uh, Dance Festival um, and um, summer programs abroad, been able to attract um, certain types of caliber artists to come to Atlanta. But then we get trapped into um, um, our bubble um, and then wanting to um, have other folks come into the bubble to respect that or to just pay to, um, um, to understand the value of generating, creating, producing dance work. It's just, it's just not... Um, you blink and then you put something up. You know there are there are artists who are doing nine, twelve months of research and um, and creating and fundraising to to put works on that um, you want you want others to value and to come to the table with a proper um, offer and not try to nickel and dime you um i've i don't know if i should put this, is, this, this on is blast but yeah. <laughs> you know i had to um i i received a call during women's month during international women's day and um this offer tried to um really nickel and dime really it was insulting um, and caught me on the wrong day. Um, uh, you know, I'm on spring break. I'm trying not to school anybody. <laughs> um, but I had to, um, with all diplomacy, um, correct the conversation and enlighten um, um, that conversation with um, the real deal of how you were going to approach um artists, dancing artists in the city, um, when you know they bring a certain caliber, high caliber, um, um, to the table, then you have to honor that. And um, what they were giving, what they have been giving in the past has not been honorable. Um, So what do you do? You shut that down. Point blank, period. Um, Let me ask you about valuing the body mm-hmm. um, in, in, in that way but maybe in a more philosophical way how do you think that relates the lack of of funding or the, the lack of proper compensation um, does that relate to any sort of philosophical sense of how we value the body oh oh I mean it, 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 it goes back to the, the previous statement you can easily um, pick up, you know, or check out anyone's 1099. It's in the government. You, and you, then you can see how um, the inequity is. Um, you, you can you can see by gender, by race, by class, how uneven it is. It's, it's, it's right there in your face. There's no secret about it, um, though it likes to be hidden. And then once you get hip to game and once you um, are in this practice long enough, um, you could see how... Um, Specifically, black and brown bodies, queer bodies, um, women um, are just continuously get the the short end of the stick. Um, (sighs) 
So now we're in a space of, okay, instead of getting frustrated by it, um, instead of trying to infiltrate it, how do you just make your own? How do you make carve your own way, make your own practices, um, form your the new business aesthetic um, surrounding that? And that that is what I'm trying to figure out and um, and listen carefully to my mentors who've been around the block um, several times and are behind those doors, sitting at tables, um, fighting the good fight for the next generation to to come in. But um, I'm impatient, though I need to, I'm working on it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's, those days are over. Those, um, those days of inequity are just like sitting by and um, being patient and, and playing that game to infiltrate. Um, um, that fairness is over. Um, I'm just in a space now where, um, Restrategizing, rebranding, to um, to have fair level ground. Hmm. Did I answer your question? That's good. I want to go in that direction, but maybe just ask a couple. I mean, a, a bigger picture question here mm-hmm. um, two things one it, it always seems as though we are trying to do a certain thing or make a certain thing right for the next generation which is great mm-hmm. but I think sometimes that gives so many folks an out to do things right for the current generation. In this way. Yes, I think that it's important to always want to do things for, you know, the artists are coming along 10 years after where we are 20 years after, 50 years after. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you get to drag your feet on doing so. Sometimes it means okay, that's great for those artists who we assume will come, but now let's still pay the artists who are, st- who, who are, are, in the, who are presently working, right. doing that, 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 that current thing that right. you need to do. Right, yeah. And I think that's sort of harder for folks to make the abrupt shift. Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, no, I hear, I hear what you, you're you hear saying. Me, right. I hear what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm, in that, I'm in that place right now, being an academic, being being a professor and creating a curriculum that uh, a dance curriculum that's surrounded through black feminist thought through entrepreneurial um, strategies and um, technology and collaboration and all of this 21st century forward thinking um, ideas and preparing and carving the ways for our students but I'd be damned if I don't get <laughs> mine presently in the current now um, and and who in, in what type of credibility would I have if I did not have demand or demand that or um, display that um, in my current practice that I'm trying to teach my students for the, the next um, the, the next generation so yeah no I, I, I no longer struggle with that that um, that in between um, like 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 I said 
when I received that call on International Women's Day, I was, you know, oh no, we're not going to play these um, antiquated games um, and, you know, try to be, um, play these respectability politics of, oh, thank you so much for um, thinking of me and inviting me to do this um, uh, whack-ass offer. Um, so um, I felt, <laughs> I felt um, um, validated with my response because, yes, uh, uh, I was making way, I was teaching that person um, to consider and think of the art, the dancing artists that you are asking um, to, uh, to be in this mix um, and setting up ways for the next generations the, or that next call mm-hmm. to be respectful. Um, but in the meantime, in between time and presently, like while you're on the call right now with me, um, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to be respectful sure. and um, offer and um, offer my value yeah. that I shared with you without um, any questions or apology on my part. Yeah. I think where... I wish more artists... Um, I don't know if more Atlanta artists are doing that. Um, um, but I, I truly hope that... Um, that they understand and honor their value to um, be heard and um, compensated for. Yeah. Yeah. I think one advantage, I think it's an advantage, I don't know, that dance artists, movement artists may have, at least that you may have in being able to say explicitly, this is what my budget is, my price is over visual artists is that mm. is that sometimes you create some work the value you can set your price but in many cases sometimes the value placed on it becomes more market driven in terms of piece of art A piece of art B it going from you know whether it be auction whether it be I want to buy that piece of work uh-huh. I think that sometimes there's more there's more flexibility in in acquiring a piece of, of visual art depending on who's selling it depending on who right. made it depending on right. their level of whatever right that there's more variability in that with a visual artist right. than there is right there's a tangible object a tangible for object. the the collector to have right and the the value of that thing can be influenced by who's hot, who right. is whatever. Right. Um, and I think that you may have an, a bit of a of a built-in advantage to say. You think? I think so. I think so. In 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 some ways, because when I look at who's who's buying work, when I look at visual artists who are selling work, and for the price points that they're, that they're selling their work at, I think there's still some patriarchy built into that where mm-hmm. black women visual artists. The ones that I know, the ones who I know a little bit about where they're selling their work at price point wise, aren't selling work at a certain price point of their peers with similar backgrounds, uh-huh. similar length of career at a certain price at, at, at a certain point. Same in dance, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having this conversation um, at Mocha. Um, I think 
I was talking with Krista. Same in dance, same in theater, same in yeah. all the arts, yeah, same in corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like... Krista Gomez? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Clark. Clark, okay. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. and I was like, why... I think I just asked a question. It was kind of randomly. I was like, why... Why, why aren't... You know, maybe it was a rhetorical question, but I was like, what's... You know, I'm not seeing the, the, the price points for some of these artists at... at I'm not seeing equivalent price points. For right, work, right, right. Um, who sets that? Right. Who gets to say what that is? Right. And how is that able to be moved or shifted? Right. Um, yeah. Whoever said that dance wasn't as valuable as visual arts just because it's not a tangible object? Now we're in a digital age. Now, um, now we're in an age where you know we could. Um, we can navigate through corporate America as well, just as a visual artist mm. and um, industrials. Um, so, 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 yeah. I mean, I would always look at the 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 business strategy mm. of visual arts and the gallery scene and, mm-hmm. and making its equivalency to to dance and why there's always this. Um, downplay of value for for dance for choreography for choreographers and and then really recognizing who set those standards those antiquated standards and moving beyond that pushing beyond that um and filling in those gaps of where you can um set your own tone your own rules um and then cultivating an audience, a collector audience, uh, investors and donors, um, that um, you are cultivating these new perspectives and new ideas and these um, um, just new practices on how to value and see dance and um, seeing how that will catch on, that will latch on. Um, have Have the... The dance class have have dance classes or the rise of dance classes like hip hop dance classes or or well I see more hip hop dance classes than I see other types of dance classes but um, how do hip hop how, how are dance classes um, and maybe whatever price points that they're that they're at or, or or how folks are seeing dance as as an an art. Um, or part of an artistic movement, how are dance classes that people could kind of just you know take to enhance their their lives? Um, how are those impacting dance choreography from a company perspective? Like, uh-huh. you know, is it is are are the price points that people are paying for this dance class? Are they helping or hurting the perception of dance as a as an an art that we need to invest in? I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Um, well, you know, I, I look at it like you know the sip and see the, those right um, those visual paintings. That's the equivalent. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's um, it's an avenue for the adult beginners or the the dance lovers or art lovers to have an entry point to feel a part of the experience, the training experience, the um, the movement experience. Um, and you're setting those prices um, 
based on the um, the expertise of that artist and the caliber of that artist. But but see, I come I, I come from a space where um, affordability is is key. Um, I'm not here to I'm not on the take. <laughs> Um, when I have something to share and I know um, its caliber and its value, um, I also am thinking about those young dancing artists um, who may or may not be struggling to find the finances, but they need the training. Um, I think about um, that adult beginner who um, who is a lover of dance and who needs to get out that house and um, have a refuge, has to escape. Um, and may or may not be able to afford it or can afford it. So um, the price points fluctuate. Um, um, thinking about that that future investor, thinking about and, and a future investor not only for T-Lang Dance but for the dance field. Um, I'm also thinking about overhead too. Of course, right. you know it's, it's can't be foolish with that. But um, I'm also in a in a, a position where. Um, I can be extremely gracious um, with price points. So I can't speak for everyone on that mm-hmm. because everyone has their own philosophy on it. But um, I'm looking at um, s- s- I'm looking at that that participant in several avenues. Yeah. So um, it is like for instance um, we're doing sweatshot sun- Sundays. It's a it's celebrating um, the one year anniversary of Post. It's um, leading up to my sweatshop summer intensive um, that I do every every year in June, and the classes are twelve dollars, um, where you see other classes at a higher price point. Um, though you um, are seeing a certain caliber of um, instruct instructor um, teaching this class but it's um but it's but it's a i'm I'm making a space for those non-advanced professional dancers those beginning dancers to come and um be inside that experience that um that i generate for my professional dancers for my pre-professional students um it gives them an opportunity to feel a part of um this this house um the the intensive um, that is a, a week long intensive. Usually, um, intensives are at price points that are um, like five figures, you know, or yeah. like um, above five hundred. I'm I'm really not about that life right right now. <laughs> 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 but for the last eight years, um, this intensive um, that I teach along with Tina Marie Custer um, has has been 180 has been at below 200 and we're, we're offering our blood sweat and tears and all of our wisdom and sage advice and especially what we're experiencing right now and how that also has a holistic a healing approach to it um, we're giving that we're sharing that to our students that is our way of giving back to the dance field um, that is our way of um, uplifting the next generation too as well as you know putting um um, money back into the company, but um, but having these outlets, we see and having it at a price point. Um, again, we're looking at um, the participant in different angles, but we're also knowing that this is our chance to give back to something that has given us so much um, um, 
joy and space and um, allowing us to like live right live in a um, in a righteous uh, um, space yeah allow me to switch gears for a second mm-hmm. because as someone who is so rooted in dance obviously I think that you I, I interpret that you interpret dance differently when you're watching other people dance sure that's my assumption okay because you know you know what people you you can watch dance and someone move their body in a way that maybe i don't see mm-hmm. you know so even when, like even like just regular conversations just, body language like i'm sure i got degrees in right. body language <laughs> right um and so as someone you know i i relate very deeply um into hip-hop culture mm-hmm. um i relate to hip-hop culture and and I, I think that dance has always been a part of it. There's always been dancing from the B-Boys oh, yeah. and from breaking mm-hmm. um, up through, you know, choreographed dancing, booty shaking. Everything mm-hmm. has been part of this. But I, I wanted to get your perspective on how you see the evolution of dance in that culture. And when you watch it, like, what do you think? Not the context but just in terms of the movements where it comes from do you do you see a line that people are are or i guess maybe even a cultural memory that people are relying on that maybe they don't even know that they're relying uh-huh. on uh-huh. so uh-huh. i sent you some reference material um yes. it, it was the <laughs> it was the block boy jb uh featuring drake um video song uh, look alive yeah and they're doing some dances in that video and I'm like I think I threw my back out just watching him <laughs> do the dances I was like this is to yeah. me it, it was fascinating because yeah. of just like the the ways you have legs and arms going yeah. in these different directions but when you see that or see just the evolution of dance in music in in in, in hip hop how do you interpret sort of this evolution of of bodily movement and motion. What okay. is that? What is that? What does that mean to you? Oh man, I love that question. And I mean, there's. I mean, but I have several answers sure. for that. However, okay, so you're gonna have to help me, like remember. Okay. Um, okay. My my first um, thinking about um, movement choreography in um, in the music videos that have led up thus far, right, have been super beyond whack. I mean, after. Um, I think the New Jack Swing era, um, and when Justin Timberlake and that whole um, avenue got their hands inside of um, the culture, um, movement vocabulary started looking very formulaic and um, a lack of evolution and um, um, respect to movement and um, and its staging. It became um, you know, copycats, and left that left that form that early hip hop um, was expressing that the cipher, the the improvisation, the um, the 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 cultural historical references, even though um, it may have not been known, but it was just seeped into the DNA. You, can, you cannot deny it. Um, 
so I felt I felt for many many years that um, music videos were doing a disservice um, to to my beloved form and I still stand by that um, it's interesting um, to see this year maybe the last year where independent artists um, indie artists are really bringing back um, the emphasis on, on on movement and doing their research and really trusting their spirit to to break the formulaic rules that have been um, just ingested, right? Um, um, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I don't even want to like spit out names, but like, um, just everyone do your research <laughs> um, and 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 pay attention, but. Um, yeah, there are like FKA twigs. Um, um, there are artists. For instance, what you brought to me today um, when you showed me Drake's video, and I was watching it. And yes, yes, it's following that formula. We're out in the streets. We're we're in the cars. We're in the neighborhood. We're showing that culture, even though he does not live there. Um, you know, we're showing all of that um, cultural appropriation. But what I also saw was, uh, you know, was all men in this um, in this video that had some hard edge lyrics, right? But when you look deeper into it, then you're seeing a new form of masculinity that's inside of this because th- you have these two men that break out in um, this, um, what the first movement looks aggressive, but then it's slick and slippery. And it's like almost like they're conjuring um, um, a, a deity into, into the space. Um, that they're having new conversations um, about their manhood, their rites of passage um, in this video. Now, I don't know if they are intentionally doing it, but it came through, Um, that they came back into a cipher, that they came back to being outside on the porch, being outside um, in community, um, in this conversation of these, um, um, these lyrics that, um, at at first sound aggressive, but then when you pay attention even further, you see oh there's um, there's this there is this feminine this soft side this this vulnerability that Drake does so well mm-hmm. um, um, immersed in there. Um, so so that gave me hope. Like it, it brought back like the idea of like Heavy D and, and the boys uh, uh, dancing in the in the the dance break. Uh, um, videos, but um, now it's it's evolved into something. Um, it's evolved into um, into this this new out this new. Hmm, what's what I want to say? This just this new form, this evolution. Yeah, I don't and, know if they're conscious about it or not, but that's how I'm reading it. And and I think there are things that we do that are not conscious, but we, we do them because perhaps there is some cultural DNA mm-hmm. that exists in us, especially when we are in a collective space mm-hmm. or in a space where we're at, you know acting as a collective where these things happen. I mean, right. I think, you know, going back to my childhood or even adolescence, there's always those moments where people get in a circle and someone's dancing in the middle. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, the dances may change, but 
the the action or the activity exactly is is fairly constant. Exactly. Um, and even you mentioned Heavy and the Boys. I mean, I think even some of the the harder rappers way back, like mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane was dancing. Was dancing, but he <laughs> but he had in a kind of a Drake fashion, mm-hmm. very hard edge, but very sensitive side for the ladies yes. as well. Mm-hmm. But was not afraid to get out there and hit a couple of two steps. That's M- right. M- more than that, actually. That's right. Um, Diddy. Diddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was talking with a friend of mine um, who went to. Um, a couple of Future concerts last year. Future has has always, when I've seen him present himself as an artist, there's always been dancers. Mm-hmm. Because in Atlanta, there's always been this history of just dancing. Right. And whether it be choreographed dancing or just kind of a freestyle, you know, right. move right. or set of moves or opportunity, dance has always been present. And right. so I think... It's it's a weird dichotomy of you can have artists who are presenting themselves as super hard, mm-hmm. but yet also acknowledge that there's a level of communication with your body that still is a part of the culture right. that you still allow and make space for, right. regardless of whether you're talking about some of the hardest street right. stuff that you can talk about. Right. This dance element is still present. It's still coded language. Yeah. It's still needed, just like you yeah. know, you're coding with your your coding and your um, your lyrics too, sure. and then sure. the sounds that you're hearing. Movement is also part of that too. You see it naturally in the hand gestures when mm. when um, they're emphasizing points, but um, that's all code. It's yeah. all um, it's all movement language. It's all um, inside of us. Yeah. yeah. Um. Thinking about that next generation of, of dance artists and choreographers, um, I got a chance to see a work by Rihanna Brown. I don't know if you know Rihanna, mm-hmm. um, but she had the, the show at Georgia Tech, right. um, Inhuman, where very hip-hop oriented show, very plugged into the culture, very much about black music, black expression. But I remember her saying something to the effect of, and you can help me out with this, that sometimes in the dance community, maybe in, in, a, tra- in a traditional sense, that when dancers dance to songs that have words, it's somehow seen as a less than type of experience or perceived as less than maybe more classical, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. um, classical perception of, of the art form or, or a a less than a less than presentation of the art form um, and I think for her she said something along the lines of she really wanted to have music that had words in it because this is what inspires her generation and things of that nature mm-hmm. but it was this notion that music that has words somehow takes away from the artistic presentation of the art form mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on that or, or do you even kind of can you even relate to the context that she was trying to draw from for mm-hmm. that for that sentiment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand um, where where she's coming from, and, and it's um, definitely a um, a theory that has been taught in um, composition classes across the nation. Right, um, it's antiquated sense of um, using lyrics. I also came from that thought. Um, saying, um, and where my position was, well, 
your vocabulary, your movement vocabulary is the main focus. Mm -hmm. Your movement vocabulary is speaking to the audience. Don't distract it by um, someone else's language um, that is um, convoluting your your initial thought, Mm -hmm. your your, um, evolved thoughts. Um, And you're doing it to popular music where people have already have um, their own imagination Mm. tied to it Mm. so then you have to compete with um not only the 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 musicians lyrics your as a choreographer's um your thoughts your context and then the the audience the viewer their imagination and their um their attachments to the song so good luck Mm -hmm. um good luck Mm -hmm. but if you're clever and you are paying attention to all of those elements. You can create some really thought-provoking um, work that is um, uh, tying in music, lyrics with the music. But you got to be clever mm-hmm. and, um, and study um, and do your research very well. Yeah. Um, and that takes, that takes time. But again, um, you know... It's also um, entrepreneurial. You're drawing in an audience that, oh my God, yeah, I love Future. You're going to do a whole um, choreographic work to a Future suite? Like, that's, that's dope. That's hot. Okay, now you have a draw. Now you have people coming in the door. But then how do you make sure they stay and keep coming back yeah. um, because you have so much to fight against or compete against. You just be clever, yeah. be extremely clever. And that yeah. takes, that takes time. That takes a lot of development. Yeah. Um, going back to this notion of, of the body and movement and dance and the body and, and how you as a choreographer receive your own body as you move through different ages, different stages, um, with the body being a vehicle or a mode of self-expression, our bodies change, Mm -hmm. you know, from 15 (laughs) to 25 to 35 Mm -hmm. to on, you know, Mm -hmm. on down. Um, Sure does. (laughs) How do you, like, grapple with that in terms of what your body can do or, or what it can do for sustained length of time, you know, uh, and how do you, how do you adjust? Oh man, I'm loving it. I'm loving becoming a seasoned dancer. Um, I've always admired, um, uh, a choreographer named Beverly Blossom. Um, I remember her in my undergrad days and she was an elder and um, um, was a phenomenal performer and choreographer, and choreographer. And it got to the point where she did a majority of her work sitting down. And honey, the hands, the face, the neck, the back of the ears, the belly, the armpits were all involved. Um, where you could see her move, but she was sitting. When I think of like the Nicholas brothers and their hands and how... Um, even as they became um, our elders, um, the, the hands were still and the face was still a part of this um, big, robust um, experience. Um, 
so so now as I'm getting older and um, it's taking me a longer period to warm up <laughs> and to get the leg up, um, it's now I'm understanding it's not, it's not even the point. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's more story in my spine. There's more story in my, my, um, my joints. Um, there's more story um, that are hidden in places that I, I, I did not have the power, the confidence to reveal in my, my younger um, performance experience. So um, as I get older and have more audacity, <laughs> I mean, I feel like my works um, are just have more to say. And now that I'm switching from doing group works to solo works um, and having that freedom to um, 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 generate movement, that um, I no longer have to um, be cautious with explaining it to another dancer. Um, And cautious meaning um, because it's coming from my... um, um, coming from a, a sacred a secret and sacred space I don't have to um, mask it as much um, now what's coming out of me is um, um, just uh, seasoned and I hope the viewer sees that I hope they can see a difference in that um, I certainly can my mama can <laughs> <laughs> Um, how can any of us and all of us who are listening support you in, in, in your work? How, how can anyone who, who, who hears this, whether it be investments of, of time, of money, of energy, how can people pour into whatever you're doing? Oh, wow. Um, well, I will. I recently received my 501c3. Um, so um, those private donors would love to um, have their continuous support. And, of course, with any corporate funding and funders that hear about what I'm doing, read about what I'm doing, and um, are trusting with what I'm doing and giving and sharing to our community and nationwide, you know, I um, be fearless with supporting financially. Um, and then those who are listening and um, have been following um, my works and my teaching and my choreography, you know, participate in our classes and in our workshops that I that I share. Um, and and if if if, if that can't hap- happen, then you know, um, if you're following me on social media, you know, share share the work and um, put your thoughts, your experiences um, on our reposts. Um, and help that move digitally and reach um, other corners of the world. Um, and if that can't happen, you know, continue um, um, sending me good thoughts and, and speaking my name and uplifting um, my name and, um, and my spirit. And um, so that could touch um, the universe. Like, uh, I'm a very appreciative of... Um, Folks who have been encouraging and supportive in all in all facets, and it's it's a it's it's a blessing. Um, 
and it, it also helps me measure um, what I need to continue to do and shift or um, evolve. Um, so seeing that, that support um, continue pouring in is also um, a confirmation for me of um, uh, the steps are working, the next steps will work, the next steps need to be adjusted. Um, so yeah, that's I would love that continuous support. Tulane. Floyd. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.